This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Alright, alright. Party people in the place to be. Welcome back to Nerds from the Underground. I'm Johnny, and joining me this wonderful evening, we have the one, the only... Fred. Fred! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's good to have you back, man. It seems like forever since we recorded together. Like, yeah. we've just been blowing up. We've got lots of new stuff going on on Nerds from the Underground. Good stuff. But tonight, what do we have on the table for the fans, Fred? Uh, tonight, we have Death or Glory, Volume 1. By Rick Remender and the artist Bengal. And we also have Sean Lewis and Antonio Fuso's Clan Killers, Volume 1. Yes, yes, indeed. But before we dive into the books, we're going to do a quick little check-in like we like to do now on the show. So, Fred, have you read anything kind of cool and fun this week? If so, man, what, what, what have you got for the fans to check out? For me, this week, let's see. Oh, okay, I read this book, Alienated. And it's put out by Boom Studios. I can't remember who's the writer on it, but issue three just came out, and it's really good. And I'm I'm telling you right now, like Boom Studios has been putting out a lot of really good books lately, and it's not just for boomers, I guess. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Like they've really taken off the last couple of batches of launches, all really serious mm-hmm. books for me. I actually got sent a couple of new pre-release review reads from Adrian at Vault, and I got to check out Elliot Rahal's new book, Bleed Them Dry, which they say it's like about a kung fu vampire, but that's kind of false advertising. It's actually just a really, really good, solid crime noir procedural cop thing that has vampires involved in it. Really smart. It's kind of Blade Runner, but like a horror version instead of sci-fi. Really highly recommend checking that out when it comes out, man. Elliot's just on fire when it comes to weird kind of crime dramas well wouldn't you think that when this comes out that book might actually be on the shelves right (laughs) probably i'm not really sure when it exactly gets released because yeah i know that i'm not sure what vault's got stuff on the books yet i know that they kind of put those out to pacify their fans during these plague times so but it might be i think this week while we're recording this finger guns 2 comes out this week so they haven't been putting out, they didn't put any out last week. I think they're slowly, like, you know, bringing them back out, hoping that this pandemic slows down a bit. Sweet. But yeah, I very highly recommend checking that out when it does drop, because we're all big fans of Elliot Rahal's here on the show. And Oh, yeah. Like I said, he knows a thing or two about doing some kind of odd crime drama. So Speaking of him, have you had the chance to read Midnight Vista by him yet? I read the first two issues so far. really like it. I'm trade waiting for the rest. That should be out soon, too. Yeah, yeah. really nice kind of alien conspiracy theory crime drama uh, with that one. Really fun stuff. Yeah, it's good. it's good stuff. He does good work. He does really good stuff, especially with uh, sandwiches. He's good with sandwiches. Yeah, he li- he likes himself <laughs> a sandwich, fingers or not. Yeah. <laughs> But like Fred said, first up, we have Death or Glory, written by, of course, one excellent Mr. Rick Reminder, with art by the incredible European talent powerhouse Bingal, letters by Russ Wooten, edited by Sebastian Granier. 
All right, meet Glory, raised off the grid in a convoy of truckers, the last men and women fighting for true freedom on the American open road. Now, in order to pay for her beloved father's life-saving surgery, Glory has three days to pull off four dangerous cross-country heists with mob killers, crooked cops, and a psycho ex-husband all out to bring her in or die trying. New York Times best-selling author Rick Remender teams up with legendary French superstar Bengal to bring you a high-speed chase across the American West that examines our dwindling freedoms and the price paid for those who fight for an untethered life. All right, Fred, so death or glory, what do you got to say about this grindhouse throwback masterpiece? The first thing I want to say is is if you've never seen Bengal's art, you're going to see it here and you're going to freaking cream your shorts because you get a lot of chase scenes in this and there's a lot of cars just going fast and things like that. And like you said, like Grindhouse Thriller, this is totally like that. I mean, you got luchador mask, you got Amish chicks, you got uh, germaphobes, crooked cops, mob killers. You get, you have it all. And you get even more in the following trade Um <laughs> And this is intense. Here's how I would say it. Remender is like just really great at writing realistic, grungy characters. And if you're a fan like me of the grunge era, this shit is perfect for that. Because this was badass, intense, always adrenaline, pedal to the metal, every issue. Man, it's one of my favorite books by him. I mean, I kind of say that every time, but really this book is just adrenaline rush. And the the things that take place in this book with organs, black market type dealings, things like that, coyotes, all that stuff. It's it's intense, man. How about you? Right. Like, I just loved kind of the, the setup, how, you know, Glory, she's trying to save her old man. She wants to get the money to do the surgery. So she mm-hmm. thinks her ex-husband is smuggling drugs. She, she sets up this really, really badass heist and pulls it off and finds out that, wow, dude, she was giving her ex way too much credit because he sure as hell wasn't smuggling drugs, was he, Fredward? No, he sure wasn't. He was smuggling more than drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, he was straight up basically had like a human abattoir where they were just like opening Mm. people up and taking everything out and selling it on the black market and when you hit Mm. that part of the book like i should have expected it from rick but i didn't so when i got there it was just like whoa dude damn this just jumped into like rob zombie movie territory dog it was it was just brutal yeah it does and where he like did the research and he told you like how much organs would go on on the black market like i think would was it like five grand for like a kidney or something and like the heart he he had the price and stuff and i was like whoa is this real i think he mentions it in there like you can go to wikipedia or something and find out these prices i think it's the hidden wiki on the dark web but i, I don't know <laughs> I, it's i forgot that particular thing but yeah he kind of does go pull a jonathan hickman and kind of actually explain to you the stats of dude like you think of this stuff as a internet rumor but it happens way more mm-hmm. frequently than you like to think maybe not quite on the level that this book shows it because like i said this one goes for like that grindhouse gore level that you get from something like old toby hooper or like a modern rob zombie film but it, it was really neat when it jumped there because i kind of just thought it was going to be like a smoky and the bandit type thing which i was down for and i thought rick could rock the hell out of but he just totally threw in this complete gorehound angle which Mm -hmm. really blew me away which kind of 
follows through the book because that last car chase where Glory just runs that dude over and you just get that glorious splash page of that guy just kind of getting ripped apart by the car while the other dude's hanging on another car. It's just like, oh man, that was just, if you like some good gore, man, Bingal delivers it in this book. That's for shizzle. True. And the other thing that I like about this is how well it's written. Like in the beginning, like we don't get Glory's story until like the third issue. We get dropped into the middle of, you know, this crisis. She needs to figure out, like, how she's going to get this organ for her dad. And then, you know, three issues in, you find out, like, how he met, how he was treated by her mother. What, you know, the bonding that they did over the their time on the road, her growing up, not being in school systems and stuff. Like, she's really a character that you can, you know, you just want to root for. And you want to kick her ex-husband's ass at the same time. And like I love about Rick is he's able to go into all these dark places, tell this sad story, and show us all this gore while keeping this book completely hilarious. This is probably his most funny comic book he's done. At least I just constantly crack up while reading it because there's just this really, really fun dark humor that just runs so well through it. Especially the next couple volumes. I know what you're mentioning. Like you... You have a fascination with chili peppers, is that? Yeah, the police with the chili peppers. But <laughs> then again, like the germaphobe hitman, he was he's yeah. hilarious. Like at yeah. least I, I got a kick out of him. Wait till you meet Dickless Frankenstein in the following issues. <laughs> <laughs> Dickless Frankenstein yeah, coming to get yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I, I believe that's how they refer to him. But there's so many like great characters, even like the Amish chicks. Uh, how only Rick Remender could make Amish chicks look evil. So yeah, man, it's definitely a great book. It's a lot of fun. I like the with the art style like how it's very like to me it feels almost like manga in a way and the, how the colors work with it is outstanding and you really get a feel of like the west you know one question i have for you johnny is now would you say that this took place in a different era than right now well they have cell phones and stuff like that but other than that, I would say that, yeah, man, the book makes me think that it would take place in the late 80s. Yeah, see, same, same here. That's the vibe I got from it, too. Yeah, it just kind of has, like, this weird kind of late 80s feel, except for, like, every now and then a character will pull out a cell phone, and you just kinda, it just kind of makes you realize that, like, nope, it, it does take place now. It just really has that throwback value to it that just really makes you nostalgic for that era of, like, trash cinema, the last glory of the grindhouse cinema, basically on VHS. Mm-hmm which this book just revels in. The cell phone thing is the only thing that kind of threw me off, but maybe it's just because they live off the grid that I get the feeling that, you know, it's it's from a different era. And also, like, I just like how Dick, or I almost said Dickless Frankenstein. The germaphobe dude's dad kind of plays his son, too, because uh, you see that Glory's really made an impact on his life, on her father-in-law's life, and he gives a shit less about his son. So the big, big one for uh, Glory. Plus, dude, Glory is just such a good character. I really like the way Rick writes his empowered women. Like, they really just come off the proper amount snotty and badass, but at the same time, like, lovable. They're not, like, total just bitchy to be bitchy they're bitchy for a reason and they really get you to he really gets you to like them a lot he's always been able to pull that off with me yeah that's a really good point because i do get a feeling of like a couple characters from deadly class like he does the same thing for those characters as he's done for her like i do get like a maria vibe with glory that's uh i never thought of that till you just pointed that out 
Good shit right there. Maria was an edge of Saya because, like, Glory will go full-on ninja chick, um, chopping arms off and stuff, Saya style when she has to. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, she kind of is a little sad and sullen like Maria. Who would you, like, if you were to cast Glory, is there, like, a rockabilly chick that you know of that you would cast her as? Like an actress? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody that has that vibe. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'd really like to see this in, like, a, a movie. Yeah, and I would really like them to get, like, a real kind of punk-type chick to play it. But I, 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 one doesn't really pop into mind just yet. But... No, maybe 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 the listeners like when they hear this maybe they right because ideas. my friend joe pocket came up with a really good one when we were talking about something's killing the children he said the little blonde actress that was in the movie guns akimbo would be great as erica slaughter and he's right dude she would be amazing so yeah if you guys yeah. have a cool idea of like a gnarly badass little punk chick that you think could really play glory we would love to hear it and uh, go ahead and tweet at us yeah hit us up uh, help us we're brain farting right now yeah we're both old i'm not as old as fred <laughs> but i'm pretty old <laughs> oh way to rub it in yeah, i mean <laughs> Fuck, you sound like one of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, this book is too much fun. Just like pretty much anything Rick puts out for Image, it's it's a must read. The characters are spot on. And yeah, especially if you have a penchant for grindhouse style stuff, like you should probably love this as much as me and Fred does when you check it out, if you haven't already. Yeah, and definitely, I think when the, by the time this comes out, the final issue of Death or Glory will be released by then too. And you can eventually read all three trades because I definitely recommend it. Hells yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Now it's time to get medieval on our fans' asses with Clan Killers. Written... Sounds kinky. (laughs) Written by the awesome (laughs) Mr. Sean Lewis with really killer pencils by Antonio Fuso and inked by Stefano Simeone and lettered by Dave Sharp. Finola has a problem. Her father, the king, he's losing his mind. All he cares about is power, and Finola thinks power is stupid. Finola thinks her vicious older sisters are stupid. Finola thinks the royal court is stupid, and above all, she thinks the clans across the country are stupid. So, Finola makes a plan with her good friend, Killian. Let's kill all the clans. And then, we go for my dad. From writer Sean Lewis, (laughs) betrothed the few and artist antonio fuso james bond gi joe comes the entire series of clan killers from aftershock of course yes dude okay i know i built this book up a lot and now that you mentioned like all the names sean lewis antonio fuso stefano simone now i know why i like this because it's all italian irish people writing irish mythology and that's me so I figured it out. You helped me figure this out. That's great. But what I want to know is, because I built this up so much, I want to hear how <laughs> you feel about this and we can build off it. Because I really built this up for you for like multiple times. I think for a few months, I was like, dude, you got to read this. You got to read this. It's outstanding. It's one of my favorite books by Aftershock. Sean Lewis killed it on this book. So how did you feel when you read this? I want to start with that last point you made, that Sean Lewis killed it with this. He's definitely been a talent I've kept my eye on. I've enjoyed quite a bit of the stuff that he's put out. 
But this is the first book of his that I've read that I think is just an out-and-out banger that I absolutely love. I think that he really, really went in and went deep with both making a pretty savage medieval tale that also honors real mythology. I mean, he goes in deep. He, he talks about the Dullahan. I mean, most people, they'll bring up banshees and leprechauns, and that's kind of all they know about Irish mythology, but, like, he brings them all out. He goes for all the scary creatures of the dark woods mm-hmm. of old Celtic myths, and it's wonderful, but... I really, really love his two main characters. I sometimes have a hard time with books about younger people because they're written really bratty and unlikable. But Finola is hilarious. She's actually really, really badass. But her buddy Killian steals the show. I mean, this this poor orphan, he's like raised by, basically, they tell you, molestering priests. But he just has this just crazy sense of humor. He's always putting mm-hmm. out just these really should be in bad taste one-liners but they i can't help but crack up at it man like sean lewis really really brought a different side to his work because i've never really seen him like do humor like in the few and coyotes and stuff there's nothing really you know funny in those books they're they're just kind of brutal stories but this one like i really like the odd little humor that he had and we kind of talked about this before i went on the air antonio fuzo's art is really neat it it very much looks like what you would see in an old book where you're you're actually learning about the myths like if you're to check out like old celtic books about about the mythology you'll see the way he does the doolahan especially with the with the skeleton horse and the suit of armor and oh man it's just it's just lovely and the way that the it's colored it's i don't know it's it's just eye-catching like usually aftershock Mm -hmm. books sometimes will have pretty rough art Right. And I, I, a case could be made that some of this is rough, but I think it's on purpose. It kind of almost has a Mike Mignola minimalistic on purpose to get the point across that this mm-hmm. is supposed to represent something ancient and special. And I think that that kind of carries it a long way. Yeah, it's definitely a really killer book. And I like how it pokes fun at like religion, especially when you have... Oh, yeah. Like you have... They go in heavy on the Catholics. Yeah. This, man. And my, my favorite part is where the priest is taking the kids in the woods and to see the look on the kid's face after, like, you know, they're about to, like, <laughs> they, uh, the looks that those kids, when they just let them uh, take it out on this priest, and the smiles on their face is totally sadistic, and I'm like, well, this fucking dude did it to him first, so, you know, payback's a motherfucker. I, I did get, like, in the beginning when I read this, you know, years ago, it was like, I felt like it was like Game of thrones because you get a lot of orgies, uh, you have the sex parties, and, you know, the, the priest and people in power are having this going on and things. But for me, like, Finola was the shiznit because she starts to become like her father. You know, her father was a, they kind of paint him as a, a decent guy until he comes in contact with like bowlers and banshees and things like that. And she kind of does the same thing. But what helps her is she's saved by Killian. He basically bitch slaps her and he knocks her in the face to wake her up because she starts taking on Balor and he knocks Balor out of her. Like they were actually inside her and he saved her so she wouldn't be like her father. It's it's just a great book, man. It's gritty. It's every issue. You can run through this within probably, I'd say, what, 25 minutes? You could just go through this and you're like, wow, this was amazing. Like, you will not want to put this book down. I guess because it's dark fantasy, totally 
I can see a little bit of, you know, name dropping Game of Thrones, but the stuff you brought up, the royal decadence, it, that's actually kind of more historically accurate than what you'd get from most representations of medieval times. I mean, a lot of people like to, to whitewash and clean over it, but in most palaces, mm-hmm. like in this time period where this book takes place, there was a lot of Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein shit going on. And this Great. book doesn't shy away from that like sean lewis is like yeah dude this is how stuff went down and now you realize why this girl is desensitized enough to think it's funny to play soccer with a guy's head yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is great by the way because when you find out who the dude is in a couple pages later you're like okay that that wasn't so bad anyways but still i I had a ball with it i've been pretty desensitized for a while i've watched Mm -hmm. a lot of really bad horror and a lot of really disturbing stuff so when something's put in for somewhat of a dark comedic value i can pick up on it really easy and i really like that sean did that a lot with a lot of the kind of what could have been gross themes in the book he was able to skirt him by like at least putting this underlying dark humor towards it so like with the character killian and how he is about what happened to him it doesn't make it okay but it kind of it kind of makes it not traumatize you you know what i mean right and i think because it takes place in those times like people were a little i mean we're talking about medieval times like people weren't like you know back then anything could go i mean look at like uh, episodes of vikings or if you watch that show or game of thrones and stuff that's what you're gonna expect is like you know some gruesome images but i think he kind of like deflects it a little with his humor like you know he makes like head jokes like he talks about the uh, the head being bouncy and things like that and the the kids joking back and forth to me it it's kind of a fun book on a hard subject but you root for these kids because they're trying to make a change where they've definitely seen a lot of bad and they're just taking out each group individually like the four clans they're just taking them out to win over and i really wish that we could get their relationship and what happens after these five issues in a, a some sort of second arc because i, I really like those two and it's a, it's a it's a great relationship they're they're funny they're fun <laughs> and I, I really got invested quick, especially, I think it's second, third issue, where Finola totally runs a game on the Doolahan. I mean, and she ain't even scared. They ain't even mm-hmm. scared. Like, she straight up holds a knife to his head and is like, no. okay, I'm not going to kill you. So we're friends, and you're going to do what I tell you. And I was like, oh, man, this little girl's badass, dude. That is... <laughs> Because that's that that yeah, that's yeah. the Celtic Grim Reaper she's fucking with right there, man. That's gangster. Yeah, um, Solicit said that she thinks everything's stupid. Like she's definitely like a probably a thirteen year old girl. Because when you're thirteen, everything's freaking stupid. I hear that word all the time at my house. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm like that's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when when you were reading that, Solicit, I was you know i was chuckling a little bit because i was just thinking like i was hearing my kids talk and stuff and i'm like oh my god yeah this is so spot on because then you start to think that somebody that age could be such a badass and that's empowering that they can take out all these sections of people that would control things a 13 year old you know somebody that age to have that much power just fighting back and i'm like wow that's awesome 
Amen. And, you know, this book, this book should be way more promoted. It should be way huger. I kind of hate the way that Aftershock's relegated to the back because, man, I have, I have like almost 40 books of theirs. I've never been disappointed by a single one. And more often or not, they come out and impress me so very powerfully like this book did, like, like Shipwreck did, like Cold War did. And I mean, that's one of the things I really hope this show does is it really helps books like Clan Killers finally click and maybe we could get a second arc by Sean Lewis if we get enough nerds from the underground asking Aftershock for it. Because I'm sure Sean's down. He's a very, very nice guy. Very, very friendly with his fans. So I'm pretty sure if we kind of all band together and be like, we want more Fanola, he'll hook us up. Release the Clan Killers cut? Is that what you're asking for? Yeah, hashtag release, release the Lewis cut. <laughs> yeah, that's what started. We're starting it. That's a thing now. Re- hashtag release the Lewis cut. <laughs> you got any last words you want to say about Clan Killers, Fredward? The heads will roll in this book, literally and figuratively. It's a great book. I love the art. Like, just to build off of what you said, like the Irish mythology, the feel of the art style. It's definitely, if you put up, like, even an encyclopedia and you look up, like, a character, like, let's say a Balor or something, and they show you the art, that's the art you're going to get in this book. And it's outstanding. It's well-written. It's funny. Uh, it deals with some tough things, but it's it's awesome. If you like mythology, or like you mentioned to me earlier, fantasy, then this is your type of book. Definitely. Well, I mentioned fantasy because basically, like, what we get, like, what Tolkien and all those guys did was take Celtic and Viking mythology and play around with the names of the characters and make their own. And it's all built off of it. Like that's where like the idea of wizards and, and standing stones and halflings and deformed elves and shit come from. It's it, you know what I mean? They just renamed it. They repackaged it. So and that's why I kind of was giving you crap because like even though this is yeah. like kind of a mythological book, at the same time it just it's the mythology that that. <laughs> birthed what we know as fantasy yeah it's a great book man i there's nothing more i can say i built this up and i'm glad you enjoyed it you do enjoy it right oh yeah no like this is this is right up my kind of dark fantasy style i really like stuff like this and berserk and monstrous that's it's the kind of that's the kind of fantasy i really like i mean i do enjoy some proper tolkien stuff here and there but it's been overdone and I really like when somebody can, mm-hmm. you know, at least, because um, this is this is historically and mythologically correct for the time period that Sean was going for. And that's that's really cool. Yeah, definitely say check out both books, pick them up. You will not be disappointed. I promise, because they're both from two great artists, two great writers, two great publishers. Is there ever a book that we cover that sucks? I think not. No, nope, no. Nope. And there you have it, folks. That was Clan Killers. This was another really exciting edition of Nerds from the Underground. You can find me on Twitter at JohnnyAlpha81 and on YouTube at Graphic Vandalism. And I'm making new videos again, so check those out. Yeah, and you can find me at Comic Spread. You can find the podcast at Nerds From. We are a proud member of of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, and we would really appreciate it if you would maybe check a couple of the other shows out. A lot of really cool guys make a lot of really cool content on here, so give it a look. And until then, aloha!